Watch this. Give him the ball. You should have just complied. Did we? Did we? Jesse. Jesse. Whatever. You're listening to At the Half. And now, Jackie Ray. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. I realize I am super late in the month with that, but this is the first At The Half podcast of the new year. I'm Jackie Ray. If you're new here, thank you so much for joining me. If you are not new here, thank you so much for sticking with me. I really appreciate you. My podcast will now exclusively be held on Nightcast Media. That is the new platform that I will be on. I will also be on your regular podcast, listening areas, uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Now, if you don't know, um, the way this show works is I talk about whatever I want to at the beginning and at the end and at the half, we talk sports. So if you are a Fumble fan, you're going to be excited because it's going to be a recap of the Fumble Live at the half. Myself and CK2K are, of course, going to talk about my Saints, Houdet, and the lack of black NFL coaches. So you're going to want to make sure you stay tuned for that. But right now, even though, like I said, I usually talk about things that are not sports related in the first and second set, in the first and last segments, right now I just got to get into something that came up on my radar and I want to talk about. Now, if you follow me on my YouTube page, you know that I have an uncanny ability to piss everyone off across the board. Uh, Two weeks ago, I pissed off black males because they have a hearing problem and they (laughs) didn't realize that I said, if you are a black man who continually talks negative about black women, you are the problem. I 100% stand by that. And if you are still mad, you are still the problem, but I'm going to get into now a topic that I think is going to upset my ladies. And I am sorry about that because obviously I am a woman. I love being a woman. I know how hard it is to be a woman in very specific situations. I obviously am pursuing this sports journalism field. That is, I can't even tell you how hard that is for a woman. I'm a news journalist as well. That's hard for a woman, especially a black woman. So there's, I fully understand the the battles or the walls that we're up against as women. On top of that, I do understand that there are men in this world who have a level of power that do often, and I have been on the receiving end of that several times, men trying to use that power to basically exploit us for sexual favors. And I understand being in those situations and really having to have that thought of, if I don't do this, what does it mean? If I do do this, what does it mean? I, like I said, I've been in that, (laughs) unfortunately, I have been in that situation more than once, but if there is anything y'all know about me, it it didn't go well for the other party. (laughs) So, um, one incident in particular, this is back when I was pursuing music though, it did inevitably cost me, um, a huge opportunity, but I was willing to be okay with that because I wasn't going to be one of these women in the me too movement that did it because I wanted to get ahead. And then 20 years later, I want, 
I want something different. And I want that person who took that sexual favor and did exactly what they said and got me to that next point in my career. Now I wanted them to be held accountable while I benefited from it. That makes no sense to me to this day. And I absolutely refuse to be one of those women. So I just wanted to tell you that kind of backstory so you understand who I am as a woman and what my thought process is. So now let's get back to this Deshaun Watson. If you followed at the half before we took our break, you know that I am very much team Deshaun Watson. The timing of these cases, the attorney that is bringing these cases up, his relationship to the um, owner, the current owner and the deceased owner, it's all too suspect. It all screams set up to me. And there's no way that you're going to be able to convince me otherwise. Now, apparently Deshaun Watson has offered money to one of the ladies to just kind of take this money and go away. And I know people are up in arms about that. But in my opinion, that's why a lot of these women are on this conspiracy theory setup train. So offering them money to me is, is a no brainer. And I have always said, so now if she doesn't take the money and she wants to go to trial, um, I'm not going to say that'll make me believe that this whole thing isn't a setup because the timing was just too suspect. And there's just probably no real way outside of physical evidence that I would believe otherwise. But that is what you do. If it is really about justice, if it is really about making sure other women don't have to go through this, that's what you do. You, It's not about the money. It's about proving my case and exposing this man for the horrible person that he is so no one else has to go through it. So if they all stay the course and none of them take the money, it might change my thought process a little bit. I'm not going to say I would just totally jump on the, oh yeah, he's 100% guilty train, but it would definitely change my thought process a little bit. But that being said, one of the um, so-called victims, she has written a letter to Deshaun Watson's girlfriend, um, Jill, Jilly. And it's a, it's a, it's an open letter that there's a couple of things that I don't like about it, but, um, it's an open letter that she wrote to Jill specifically to kind of tell her you need to get out of this situation. So I'm going to, I'm going to just read it's long, so I'm not going to read all of it, but, um, one of the, um, paragraphs that she wrote that I, I, I fully understand is where she says, you know, we're, we're not different. You know, she says that she fell in love with the man that he was into church. He quoted scripture. He prayed. I thought if a man loves God, then I can trust him. Uh, if a man loves God, then I can trust this and I can trust him. Y'all make sure y'all go to my YouTube page on Monday. Cause we're going to have a conversation about that very, very thing. I'm not going to spoil it, but that's a misconception, 100%. And if you were raised in the church, you know how wrong that <laughs> that thought process is. And even though women who are raised in the church, we know how wrong that thought process is, we still buy into it. So make sure you tune in to uh, my YouTube page um, on Monday because we're going to talk about that. But then she goes down and she she says, basically, this is a whole paragraph towards someone like myself, who I'm not an apologist for Deshaun Watson. I just flat out don't believe he's guilty. I believe he had sexual intercourse with these women. I don't believe that it was a, um, I forced you, you thought you were in dire straits and something might, some harm might come to you. I definitely don't think that. I think it was a, hey, I, I can profit off of this. He's Deshaun Watson. This is a win-win for me. 
That's what I think happened. I in no way think that he didn't have sex with these women. I think he did, but I think it was mutual on both ends. So this is her paragraph to people like me. Again, I don't, she uses the word apologist, which I don't think applies, but this is what she says. She says, to the apologists and the ones who demand proof, I am proof, my testimony, my hurting heart, my broken trust, and my body bent with stress are tangible and measurable um, and in irrefutable evidence of the horrors your boyfriend has inflicted on me without remorse. No, ma'am, they are not. And I'm sorry, we live in a world where too many women too many women. Now, I don't know. These are all Jane Doe's. Um, but there's a whole documentary on, I think on Hulu now about a white woman who just ruined a young, young black kid's life off of her words, no evidence, just words. There was, and forgive me cause I can't remember his name right now, but there was a, that huge college prospect who he had NFL in his future. And then the words of a woman ruined his life. He actually spent time in jail just for her to come out and say, just kidding. Didn't do it. Almost happened to Jameis Winston. So there's just too many people on this planet, females on this planet who understand. I mean, I watched snapped and, um, the first 48 and you hear women say these kinds of things like, Oh, I'm going to call the police and say that you hit me because there's a, we understand that we can weaponize being a female to certain men, especially when they don't act the way that we want them to act. And unfortunately the only way to combat that, because there is a plethora of women who use that as a weapon, just like white people use they, their whiteness against black people for no reason women unfortunately often use their feminine prowess against men for no reason. So unfortunately, because of that, we can't just take your word for it. You can't just say, oh, this happened, especially those in the case who, who he kept, kept having him come back as a repeat client. No, ma'am, you cannot say that because now you're saying my hurt feelings and my hurt heart. Okay. Those are not, <laughs> if we could all go to court over our hurt feelings and our hurt heart, man, I'd be rich. Uh, well, maybe not. My feelings don't get hurt that easy. So maybe I'd just be a little bit better off, but <laughs> nonetheless, that's not something that I can sue for. Now I can sue if I have an employer that's constantly berating me and I have emails, um, I've been overlooked for promotions. I've been retaliated against when I bring up things. That's evidence that I can show, hey, this is what happened to me. And thus this caused my mental anguish. But, and I'm, and this is not a slight, it kind of is, and it's not to this woman specifically because I don't know this woman and she signed it Jane Doe. So it's not like I can even look her up, but it's a slight to all the women before all the women before who have lied, all the women, the woman right now that's somewhere as you listen to this on the phone with the police because her man didn't act the way she wanted him to. And she's trying to get even, but it happens too often. And we, as women can't overlook that. We can't overlook that this happens on top of that, because we can't overlook it. You cannot wait months and months and years before you come forward. Because the longer you wait without any evidence at all, the less likely people are to believe your story. Because that's all it is at this point. It is a story that you are telling. And for all I know, you got 22 of your buddies to tell the same story. 
or this attorney did. I actually more think that it's the attorney and the owner of the Texans went out and got 22 women to tell the same story. It is not beyond the realm of possibility. It's different when it's a child. I am one of those people who say you got to believe the children because children, but even with that, sometimes you do have moms that'll feed lies into kids. So you do have to tread lightly when you're talking about ruining people's lives over words, the words of a person without verifiable evidence. So I'm not trying to discount what this woman is feeling. Cause again, I'm not saying I'm saying, yes, I don't believe it, but I'm not, I'm not trying to cast her in a negative light. But yes, I do need more than your hurt feelings and, and your broken trust. I need more than that. The other thing that she's saying in this letter is that she wants um, Jill to get away from Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson, but I 100% agree with that sentiment. Because regardless of the fact that I don't think that he is guilty of sexual assault, the man cheated several times. Unless, and again, I don't know... <laughs> Because there was that whole thing when Monique came out and, and she says she had an open marriage and I thought it was her husband that asked for it and turns out it was Monique who asked for it. Unless they have some sort of agreement that they can do whatever as long as they do it however, which I don't know. There are weird relationships in the world like that. If that's not the case though, if this is, the, if this is a case where it's a normal relationship where you expect him to be faithful to him, you and you're faithful to him, you absolutely should leave him. I would venture to say you should leave him regardless because this many women, that's a lot. I understand it, especially being an athlete, a young, good-looking NFL superstar. I understand why you would want to sow your royal oats. What I don't like is when a woman wants to do that, it's a problem, but we're going to talk about that on Monday too. So make sure you tune in, but you should leave him. If you are expecting him or, or if you're being faithful to him and this is what he's doing, you should leave him because you 100% deserve better. I don't fall into that whole mindset of, Oh, well, he's a superstar. What does she expect? Once I say to you, I'm committed to you. I expect you to be committed to me. I don't give a damn who you are. Period. I don't care. And she is gorgeous. Gorgeous. You can have any man you want. Probably a little bit easier than he can have any woman he wants. So if this is not what you're you signed up for, you should leave. And I agree with her 100 percent on that. I appreciate her letter. It's a long letter if you want to see it. Um, I found it on Black Sports Online, but I know it's everywhere. I implore you to go read it. It's a great letter. Um, and it's heartfelt. She talks about the things that she's gone through. This letter in has not change my thought process on Deshaun Watson, but that point, she's 100% right. So Jill, as much as I love Deshaun Watson, you can love people from a distant love. Just wave as you walk out the door. All right. Coming up next, myself and CK2K are going to talk Saints. And here's a question I asked him. Do we think Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden has a change of heart? I can't wait to hear how he's going to answer that. So make sure you stay tuned. Raiders, do you know a cosmetology license is not required for braiding services? So set up your Custom Cuts partner account today and make sure your next client is a custom client available on Google Play and iOS. What's 
up, everybody? Welcome to At The Half of At The Half. This is a special moment for those of you who listen to this podcast or watch this YouTube page and you are Fumble fans because, look, the Fumble Squad what? is back, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> CK2K, a.k.a. Chris Clark, is in the building. Brr, 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 brr. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> I always give Chris the best intros, and I, I just don't think you appreciate it. I be, I, I do. Be. <laughs> I do. You know, I just, I, I suffer from that whole, like, don't don't say nice things about me. I, I'm not good with it. I suck at that. I really do. I really do. We have a lot to talk about. Obviously, I want to talk about the situation with the Black Head or lack of, mm. shall I, I was going to say, which, the <laughs> like, one? The All one. Right. We'll the one and here. only. My man. One my man, is Uncle the T. loneliest number. <laughs> anyway, um, so I want to get into that. But right. you guys know that both Chris and I are Saints fans. And I have to admit that, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I literally had, you know, the Saints on one on one <laughs> screen, you know, the Rams on the other. So, and, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> but here's the conundrum I had in that moment, because I... I, I I was thinking, yes, it'd be fantastic if in the first season without Drew Brees, we made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But then at the same we time, close. we were very, very close. And I'm yeah. very, I'm very proud of the squad for that. I didn't even expect us to get this close to making it right, into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really proud of them for that. But low key, as much as I really wanted to, to be like, we did it, we made it to the playoffs. I don't think we would have been successful in that. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, well, let me know. Okay. Let me not completely agree with that. And I think, I, I think you're going to agree with what I'm saying. I think with, with, with Jameis in the lineup, we would probably would have done some damage. I think right. that with Jameis, I think our defense was just really fun this year. We did have a fun team when Taysom Hill didn't have to be uh, a starting quarterback. He, I think he would have stayed healthy doing what he was doing. If we were healthy, Maybe not all the way healthy. If we our quarterbacks were healthy and James mm-hmm. Winston and Taysom Hill were healthy, I think we could have we could have we could have had some fun. We could have done some damage in the playoffs. But yes, yeah, since James went down, that was the point where I was like, you know what, Sean, you've shown enough. We did good for the season. Right. It's okay if we lose the rest of the way. Let's get a solid draft pick and let's get a young guy in here at whatever position it may be, retool and then start it over next year. But then no, Sean Payton got us a damn near five hundred for the yeah. season, and it was really yeah. nice to see. But yeah, pr- before the James in- injury. I thought we could have done something in place. I mean, not Super Bowl, but I think we could have been deadly. But after the injury, yes, I was with you. I was like, yeah, we can get there, but I don't know what we're going to do when we get there. Right. Now, I do want to talk about that last game because I got Mm. into a whole um, argument with a Giants fan, which is hilarious. But I said that, in my opinion, Taysom Hill... (laughs) <laughs> all the time like yeah. it's like the sky is blue giants fan what no yeah, it's not yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an off okay here we go that's the negative <laughs> of being a knicks fan and a saints fan is the knicks fans oh, then yes. also ask me about the giants and the jets i'll be like i don't yep. care about y'all trash football teams i love the knicks <laughs> i'm look go mets but i don't care about y'all football teams then we fight right. so. <laughs> so this giants fan because i had posted on on my instagram that you know i love Taysom, he's great but he is not a quarterback now you know, this, i've always agreed with you on that always but this giants fan and i get it you know giants fans have thought eli was a great quarterback he was he was good but he's not great i'm not going to i am not going to entertain that at all All so i understand him saying you know what he said but he was like yes Taysom is actually a good quarterback he is Mm. he could be great with the right coaching i still disagree with that and one of the reasons why what the nail in the coffin was for me saying, you know, Taysom is great at what he does. I love him being the Swiss army knife that he is. I think that is his role and he's fantastic at it. But just to say he's a quarterback, it doesn't work for me. And what sealed that for me is when Trevor Simeon came in and went three for three off top deep passes, like the whole offense 
change when you had an actual quarterback who could throw. Yep. So now that now that makes me wonder, okay, we've had this this Trevor, and I I, I have never been a Trevor fan. Still he, not over here, but right. Listen. But he did go in there and did what he was supposed right. to do. Mm-hmm. So now here's the question. You got Trevor Simeon. There's uh obviously Taysom. Jameis was on a one-year contract. All these rumors are circling around even Russell Wilson. Now, to me, that's the best spot if Russell's going to leave Seattle is for him to go to New Orleans. But that that's just me. That might be me being selfish. But when we're nope, talking about Continue. what You're he good. wants and, and he wants to be in an, a situation where he can immediately change the landscape of that team and have a possible Super Bowl contention, it's the yeah. Saints all day for me. Yeah. But doesn't change the fact that I am head over heels in love with Jameis. So. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on our quarterback situation? Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, I feel like uh, a lot of the time when it comes to our Saints states, we're very similar with a lot of them because I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, I said it. I think that we were just we were a week away from Sean Payton finally letting Jameis Winston just be himself mm-hmm. um, after he made that crazy, which is still to me the play of the year when he made that crazy touchdown pass. Where yes. like he just threw it for the heavens. And then, you know, we got that touchdown. Um, I, I really feel like Sean Payton was finally letting him open up right before he find, right right after. Like, but then he got hurt. The injury happened. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so to that, I think that there is a there is a universe where Sean Payton and Jameis Winston can, you know, become a, a, a tandem. I think that they can be a fun duo. I don't think we really saw uh, what that actually would be like. We didn't have Kamara for a lot of time. Michael yep. Thomas wasn't there. Even if we do have Michael Thomas or not, we were missing pieces where we could have seen what that offense truly could have been opened up to be mm-hmm. with Sean Payton and Jameis Winston. And I feel like it would have been fun because people forget like Jameis Winston has an arm. Like, yes, he, you, you could talk about the crazy throws and crazy decisions. Sure. I get that. But the main thing is Jameis Winston has an arm in Drew Brees' last season. The play that people remember the most is that one throw by Jameis Winston for a touchdown going in that playoff game. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I, I, I think that he has all the tools we need. He's still young. You know, yes, he's coming back from another injury, but uh, it's a freak injury. We have a great line. I, I think he'll be fine with the guys we have. Might not be seeing as much rushing with them. I think that, yes, if Russell Wilson is not the play, then I'm not looking anywhere else. Uh, this is not a real quarterback draft. Uh, right. Maybe we can draft a quarterback for future future, but not a right now quarterback for us. So, yeah, I'm looking at our options, and I, I love what we got of Jameis Winston. I, I really hope that we bring him back. And I hope, you know, because of the injury, teams won't be looking at him, and he won't be looking to go anywhere. He decides to stay with us for at least another year. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm all about Jameis Winston. I think that he'll be fun. I want him to come yeah. back. So that's what I'm looking at. So we're going to obviously stay on top of that. I'm definitely going to have to have yeah. Chris back on the show, but I have to get into this yeah. situation because um, first of all, y'all know that I've, I've, we've been talking about this for a long time. The, the lack of black anything, as far as the higher up positions in the NFL, when mm-hmm. the league is predominantly, predominantly black is so over the top perplexing to me. I still don't really understand how that's even a thing, but right now, and he's had 15 winning seasons. We only have one black quarterback in the NFL, and that is Mike Tomlin. Obviously, with the firing in Miami, we were all like, okay, what just happened? So yeah, let hell. me just get your first thought on the fact that right now in the NFL, we have one, just mm-hmm. one black head coach. Yeah. It's a, for, okay, you want my initial response? Yep. My initial response was mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not surprised. Like, it's like, yeah. That sounds about right. Because, you know, if it was anybody, because 
Brian Flores did everything he was supposed to do right. this past season. He mm-hmm. had a terrible start, but that was because of injuries. He finally mm-hmm. had himself a solidified his quarterback in Tua, and they went on a seven-game streak, which got him back to 500. Yes, they slipped up a little bit at the end, but he did everything he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean to do that, bring the conversation and bring that thing, but you know what it is. If it was somebody else that was not Brian Flores, you know that that would have been enough for him to get to at right. least survive another year. Right. Um, so because of that, I was not as surprised as many. My my brain instantly went into what eventually happened. I don't know if he's going to get the job, but was like mm-hmm. Chicago. That's what I immediately thought. Yeah. My, so I was like, all right, Chicago. So I, 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 I to be real, I wasn't in the whole outrage on Twitter or something like that because it, to mm-hmm. me, it's just I'm just used to it in the NFL. Unfortunately, I'm just used to it in the NFL. So I'm looking at the next job possibility because. If we go a season, if we go next season without Brian Flores as a head coach, then we got a conversation to be had. I'm looking at it like, okay, this sucks, but he's going to get hired again because I feel like he did enough. Everyone always talks about Brian Flores, even before he was fired. People right. were saying all these high things about Brian Flores. We knew the situation was going to be rough in Miami because it's the Dolphins. They're never, they've never been uh, a well put together organization. Ever. So, if he goes this season without getting hired, that's that's when that's 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 when I'm gonna get irritated. But so I'm looking. I- these I get possibilities. That. And I, I even said the same thing. I said, you know, because I was infuriated. Let me just be clear. Because sure. and, the, and the reason why I was infuriated is not, it was one of those blessing and curse things. The, the on, on the inside, I was like, ooh, you dodged a, a giant right. bullet, sir. Right. Like run, run free, <laughs> be happy because it's a trash organization. Uh, but then on the flip side, it's like you said, um, in two years, even three sometimes for mm-hmm. a head coach that's going into a situation that it's not just something you can coach up. It's not like you have a ton of, of dope athletes that you can just coach them up. And now all yeah. of a sudden you're relevant. You're going into a dysfunctional franchise from top to bottom. And so when you're going into that situation, in my opinion, when you bring a new head coach into that, you're bringing a new head coach in to kind of breathe new life into these people with the understanding that you've got to turn things around in totality in that situation and two three years is not enough to really see what this person can do and not with that team for sure not yeah and and we've seen white head coaches go in and be absolute garbage and still survive for an extensive period of time i always go back to jason garrett who i actually really like jason Mm. garrett as a person but he's not a head coach he's never been a good head coach but I don't even, how many years was he in Dallas just clapping at interceptions and like clapping at fumbles and just clapping all the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the man was not a good head coach. But then you get this black quarterback who or black head coach who at the end of the season, now you're like, oh, damn, well, maybe he maybe he could actually turn this thing around, you know, because yeah. they made improvements. And then it's just like, no, we're firing him. And the fact that and I know my dad told me when I was a kid, you know, you have to work twice as hard to get half the credit. But when you see it in real time for all the world to see, it's aggravating, it's troubling. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And especially, like I said, especially in an organization like that, that's not making that step to be like a championship contending team. Like, who are you to be firing him? You know what I mean? Like, the team is not that great. They made that run because of the coaching and because of the good play by Tua. And Tua has been singing Brian Flores' praises the entire way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that a part of his good play comes from the coaching. So you know this team is not a playoff team. This team is not a competing team. For you to have the record that you ended off with, mm-hmm. that's a blessing. 
And then yeah. you got rid of one of the main reasons where that happens. Like, who are you to do that? You're not the Patriots. You're not one of these bigger teams that they're expecting greatness every single year. So they're going to, you know, they're going to let them go. So that that's, that's also what's irritating about that. But like I said, my initial, I'm just being real. My initial thought was like, was that first one that you said, it's just like, mm-hmm. damn, well, there goes Brian Flores. He got some options now. You know right. what I mean? That's, that's what I'm thinking. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there, but yeah, uh, and we're even not even just head coaches that were getting fired too. You're the news about Anthony Lynn. That dude barely made it a season. He got yeah. fired yeah. Uh, as a um, co- uh, offensive coordinator. Like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. No, now they, the we David, the, string. the David Cully firing um, didn't bother me per se, right? Same because he was brought into a mess to try to right. fix a mess, right? And so he's another one that I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's the Texans. I don't even know if I need to finish that. Like, congratulations. Like, you should be celebrating that you're out of this mess. Because unless Deshaun Watson is there and committed 100%, what are you doing there anyway? Yeah. But it's it's like you said. It's like we we don't get the same opportunities. And I'm going to present something to you that I said on another show and everybody came for me. But Uh-oh. at this point, I am making it the fault of the players. Because we and I've said this before all the time like as far as black people we have enough within us that we don't need to be asking we don't need to have these whole campaigns to ask white folks to do better like Mm -hmm. we have enough within us that we can demand certain things and we can push the needle entirely on our own and Mm -hmm. when the league is predominantly black like that these players need to start and it's not just about so you're saying got it okay i get you yeah the players need to start standing up and saying no if i'm not represented in the head office then we have a problem with me playing on this field if i'm not represented if i can't look at people who are in the controlling positions in this organization then we have a problem with me playing on the field because that's Mm -hmm. how you know every strike that's ever happened when you're talking about business that's kind of how it went we need somebody who represents us and who has our interest at heart it's this is not beyond the realm of possibility it happens time and time again and when you do that you're not just taking a stand for black coaches black you know executives black gms things like that you're taking a step for the generation coming up so now you're fighting this fight so they don't have to and the fact that the players are just kind of like oh yeah it's unfortunate and you're the majority that bothers me yeah, I hear you, but I think we're also competing with a lot of these guys taking care of family. So mm-hmm. they're not going to look at it that way. They're looking at it in a sense where they're trying to make sure that they get themselves taken care of financially. And by doing that, sometimes it's by going by the dance, dancing to the, the, the same tune that everybody else has been dancing in front of them, unfortunately, because a lot of these guys, you know, their situations haven't been great. They're wearing, um, mm-hmm. uh, not cleats to sock. Well, I mean, they do work, but like padding and stuff that is uncomfortable and stuff like that to get to this point. And then now they're in the NFL getting paid and making sure they take care of their family that they might not be strong enough. And that's not a slight, but they might not be strong enough to make that kind of stand because they're afraid that if they make that stand, Look how the league's treated Colin Kaepernick. Then right. they, they, that's going to be them next. But I got all this family to take care of. I got 28 kids because I'm, you know, that's all, I don't know why football players, football players, the ones that have uh, uh, a whole organization of kids. I don't know what it is about football the players. The fact that but, you said 28 kids, like so smooth. I got 28 yeah, man. kids. <laughs> it was crazy. I could put, come up with two names where they got like that many kids. I don't know right. if 28, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But um, yeah, so I think because so in theory, like for sure, I think you're all you're right with that. You've been making that stance as long as I've known you. And I love that. But then when you put your mind in the mind of these football players, 
I can I can see why they're not they're they're they're, they're scared to make that adjustment, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just going to be this continued cycle. It may not be right, but you got like they they got things that they they got family, they got things they got to take care of. They 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 feel like there's a lot of pressure on them. You know, they got people calling them here, left, right, and the third. People right. ain't seen blah 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 blah. Um, but you're not wrong, man. I just don't know who's going to be the first to make that stand. Um, like you said, maybe we need LeVar Ball to come out here and try and make this a competing football league. And then we can start yeah, going over I'm, there. I'm saying, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but I, to, for people to be coming at you over something like that, I, I don't understand it. I think it's a, a solid take, but I understand why players aren't going to go that route. But I, again, I know the internet's sensitive, so I shouldn't be surprised. What am I talking about? So if, if the players can't make it, and obviously whatever rule the NFL imp- imposes, because even with the Rooney rule, I think last season there was a ton of teams that didn't even interview a person of color at all for any of their open positions. So they're for obviously sure. skirting this in a way. So, so them, the players aren't going to step up and do anything. Us talking about it clearly isn't doing anything. So how do we fix this? Because the, the white owners don't care. And that's, that's why I say it, us asking them to do better isn't a real thing, because if they gave a damn, we wouldn't be having these conversations. So yeah. how do we fix this? I think at the very least, and this is the very smallest fix, I think it would have to be within these organizations themselves. Like, you know, these veteran guys that are most likely going to be brothers, they're going to be like us. That's when they step in. Like, in unfortunately for Flora's situation, it's just a younger team. So I don't know who would be the one. But right. one of these guys to go in there and be like, yo, I'm the one that's making you money. You're not winning without me. You're keeping this coach. Because that happens in the NBA. Like, that, right. that's what All ends up time. happening. A lot of these guys mm-hmm. survive coaching like that. But I don't know if we ever see that in the NFL. And I just feel like that's and that's the smallest degree, like that's the, the, the smallest thing that you, you can do. But it, it would it would most likely work in a lot of these situations where, you know, these guys are getting fired way prematurely because, like we had mentioned, it, what what they're doing might be good to some, but it's not good enough to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like mm-hmm. at the very smallest degree, that would be it where these players, like you mentioned, they need to start speaking up for their own coaches before they get fired, because, you know, that they're going to be looked at differently because once the reports come out, once these these uh, websites start writing about it, and then there's going to be grumbles upstairs. You know, if I'm a quarterback that's been on a team for ten years and I'm I'm a brother, I'm gonna go be like, "Yo, look, I understand we didn't make the playoffs this year, but this is not on Brian Flores. Yeah. If you care about my opinion, you care about what I do for this team, I'm gonna say like say it to you like this: Don't get rid of him. You get yep. rid of him, then I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna give you guys some problems. I'm a vet, so I'm gonna get a job. I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. Pro Bowl veteran. I'm gonna make sure mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna be fine. You guys get rid of me, then we then you gonna be the one having the problem. So I feel like the very least that would be the first step. But mm-hmm. th- again, that's just an organizational fix. That's not a NFL fix. Because right. then say that works for the Dolphins, but the Texans still going through what the Texans going through. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's a small thing. But I feel like that's as far as it goes because it ha- like like we were just saying, it happens all the time in yep. the NBA. A coach that we're looking at all the time, like yo, how is he still there? you find out that their best player loves him. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, and he's there saying, singing his praise and stuff like that. And that's why he's not being fired. And in yep. the minute that the best player and him lose any kind of relationship, then they finally get booted. It happens in all other sports. But in the NFL, I, I don't feel like we ever see that happen to that kind of degree. So that is my small fix. I don't yeah. have a big fix because I don't know what the big fix would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, and as much as I don't like to give the Steelers a lot of credit, they're doing it right. They've had like, what, is it three coaches yeah. in 20 years or something like that? It's yeah. something weird. And I only like, know about two of them. 
Yeah, yeah you're right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, is Mike Tomlin and that other guy? Like, yeah, coward. Like, that's it. That's right. all I got. I don't know anybody else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so, know. I mean, they're doing it right because they don't they don't give up on these these. And I've heard, you know, people yeah. saying, okay, you know, yes, Mike Tomlin has these great seasons, but he's never going back to it. But you know, Pittsburgh's like, nah, he's he's winning. We riding, and so I love them for that. One more question 100%. before we get out of here. Speaking of the Steelers, now. You remember, because we talked about this on the fumble at the beginning of the season, um, Aaron Rodgers was letting everybody know that he thought Green Bay was trash and this was going to be his final season there. All of a sudden, here they go, all doing all good and stuff. And now Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, this is great. Does he change his tune if they go to the Super Bowl and stay for another season? No, no. You you don't think so? Aaron Rodgers, if there's anything I learned from Aaron Rodgers this year is he – in his older age, he loves being a troll. He is okay. a troll. He, if they win a Super Bowl, that is the last thing Green Bay wants because he is going to use that light. Look, I want y'all know the championship. Kick rocks, figure it out. Bye. Right. What's going on, Pittsburgh? <laughs> Mike Tomlin, man. I know Ben's on his way out, but let's go. Hey, let's keep mm-hmm. the playoff thing going. Like mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to be that guy where he's going to use it to like, look, I was on my way out. There's we had nothing solidified, and I won this this city a championship. And they couldn't, you know, they couldn't listen to me or listen to me or respect me. Going, yeah, he's going to use that against them. So okay. no, I don't think this is going to be no happy ending. They win a Super Bowl, and then maybe they can make things work out. I might be wrong, but just from what I learned about Mister Immunized um, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers this year, I think that he is going to use this as the biggest boom face yeah. <laughs> for them if they win a championship for sure. I low-key am rooting for them just because I want to see this. I want to yeah. see how this plays out if they win the Super Bowl. So he go drop yeah. the mic. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I feel so confident that he's not that. That's it. He's dropping my like. I want a championship. What else you want from me? Goodbye. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, okay. and poor Jordan Love doesn't deserve that. But yeah, that's what, I think he that's what it would be. But I can't wait to see if that happens. And then obviously, <laughs> um, Big Ben had said, I think the game before, I think he said the Monday night against the Browns was going to be his last game, and then they ended up in the in the playoffs if they yeah. have a deep run in the playoffs does he bring his big old behind back next season please god no unfortunately i think that one he comes back are you oh, kidding no. me are you <laughs> kidding me big ben's like man because he's gonna think about it. he's like man i think i might have something left to take but he, make this kind of run. he doesn't <laughs> you me notice but if he has any sort of success he look they for for pittsburgh steelers fans sakes y'all better hope you lose in that first round that's mm. all i'm gonna say Cause yeah, he. I feel like he'll feel himself a little too much to the point where he'll make sure he makes he com- makes a comeback for another season. Oh my yeah. gosh! Okay, so now we got a whole thing. We got some drama to look out for right. in these playoffs because we ain't got nothing else to. I know. Those dog in this race. So now we got some drama that we can kind of tune in. Look on, into so. right, 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 right. <laughs> and I promise you guys, Chris is gonna come back on the show, especially for you fumble fans yeah. out there, because I know y'all are missing us. Y'all are missing us. I know mm. you are. But Mm-mm-mm. Chris, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, everywhere, CK2K, um, social media, uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Everywhere at CK2K, you can find me. I will be there talking and yelling and laughing and crying about my New York Knicks. Yeah, yes. you'll find me. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Coming up, I don't know what I'm going to talk about in this final episode, the final segment of At The Half, so you're just going to have to listen to the break, and then we'll talk about it when I come back. We'll see you in a second. In today's society, everything your heart desires can be ordered with the simple touch of a device. Mobile beauty services are the newest, fastest growing trend around the world. With this new and literally cutting edge service offered by Custom Cuts Beauty, your braids, lashes, even extensions are done on your schedule at your convenience. Log on to the app, create a profile, 
Add payment information, and our certified specialists come to you in the comfort of your environment. Log on today and make your next beauty appointment custom. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the final segment of At The Half. I I said in the last one that I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about in this segment because there's just so much BS in the world. And <laughs> I just didn't know which one I wanted to talk about. But then as I was kind of resetting and thinking about it, I get all these notifications all the time from CNN. And they sent me something that was completely unrelated to what we're going to talk about. But when I clicked on it, um, I went back to the main page of CNN. And if you've ever done that on their main page, there's a ton of stuff. And of course, like they have the main headlines with Joe Biden and that attorney that's just been indicted on something. And so they have all these main headlines. And then they have these teeny tiny little headlines that you think are pretty insignificant. And they word them in a way, well, at least this one, they worded it in a way that I probably would have just glossed over it because it just seems like some kids are just mad about something, right? But I'm going to read you the headline. The headline says, um, Williamsville Central School District addresses unacceptable homework assignment. So when I think that, to me, I think all homework is unacceptable because I think when kids go home, they've been in school all day. They need to go home. Family time. You got parents that have been working sun up to sundown to try to provide for these kids. I think that the kids should be able to go home and chill out, play video games and enjoy their family. That's just me. Now, maybe when you get to like the junior, senior year of high school and you getting ready to go to college and you trying to really establish your footing in adulthood. Yes. But kids, no, I just, I've never been, that could be a, me just hating homework as a kid, but, and it's just, it's just never gone away, but all homework is unacceptable to me. So I thought maybe some parents were on an uprise and they were saying that like, this is too, you're giving them too much homework. This is unacceptable. Our kids come home, they're in school all day, and then they have to work all night just to maintain some grades. Cause I've seen some stories about that as of late. So I thought this was something similar, but no, <laughs> This one, the level of racism that has to go through someone's mind to put something to paper and say, yeah, this is good. Sometimes you just got to laugh to keep from like blowing stuff up, right? Because let me just read you this, what it says. It says the school district is addressing a homework assignment that some parents say includes racist remark. What you mean, some? The fact that it's not all parents, like every single parent, black, white, Mexican, whatever, should have seen this homework assignment and they should have stopped. And that's how you know racism is never going to go away because this should not say some parents. It should absolutely say all. But since it doesn't affect all, some people just have the ability to overlook it. I would have loved for this to read like that. Parents who, all parents who understand what racism is, thought this was unacceptable. Those who feel like they are not touched by it didn't have an opinion. But then it goes down and and it goes to what it is. So I, if you, I might post this on my Instagram. I'm not entirely sure, but if I do, I'm going to post the actual homework assignment. And you guys are going to instantly remember <laughs> these kinds of assignments from when you were a kid, especially if you, you know, once you're doing like the Johnny goes to, and then they have like a little picture and then you have to write like school in there or something like that. So it's kind of like that, but this is Spanish. And according to this, um, this homework assignment, it's, six, you know, level six. I don't know how they do it in there, but you're, this is your sixth 
semester probably of Spanish. So they have to, the instructions say, translate the following sentence into Spanish. So the first one says, I'm a student at Mill. That seems relatively easy. The second question says, you, in parentheses, friendly. You have to say this in a very friendly tone. And here's how you have to say, here's the phrase you have to say friendly. You are Mexican and ugly. Right. But you said it friendly, so it's okay. That in itself is racist. But if you had a question mark, if you were like, what, what, what do they mean by that? Like, is because I don't think we should be teaching, teaching kids how to joke like that just yet, because this is clearly one of these younger classes. Then you get down to the 10th question, and it says, you, politely, are pretty and American. <laughs> I cannot make this up. I can't make this up. The fact that this is still a thing, and here's what I don't like, is the statement that the school district issued. Because to me, the only way that you are going to show people that they can trust you is when these types of things happen, you act immediately and you act swiftly. I'm going to say that perhaps this is a twofold thing. Number one, perhaps this is a, um, this is part of the curriculum. This is a, um, regular homework assignment. You know, sometimes teachers go in and they just, this is what you're going to teach. This is the subject matter. Here's all the materials you're going to need. And they give them, you know, these assignments to pass out these books to pass out things of that nature. So if that's the case, the district is at fault. The school is at fault. But finally, I have to put it on the teacher because there's no way in hell as a teacher, I'm gonna read this and think that this is okay for me to pass out to my class. If I have to go and type up a whole new one and print that out for my class, I'm going to do that. But there's no way that I'm gonna say, say it friendly, you're Mexican and ugly. There's just no way. So this is what they, the district wrote in response to that. We are addressing the situation to ensure this does not happen again. The district does not condone any instructional material that denigrates our students and families, culture, or beliefs. Our goal as a district is to create an intentionally welcoming learning environment, celebrating our community and its diversities. This assignment fails to meet our standards and will be dealt with appropriately. But that's just not, that's just not enough for me. For me, I feel like you need to say, this is what happened this is what we will do. I am so tired of the term we are investigating. Why you guys, the, the paper right here, this teacher handed it out. It happened in this school. What, 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 what? Okay. So maybe you have to say, we're going to look into who else might've been passing this out. Is this the first time this has happened and other kids just didn't say anything? You can investigate that. But this action should be swift in my opinion. Um, it, the, and it, the, the, the amount of Latino people that are commenting on this on social media, that's what breaks my heart is because they just have to kind of say, and, and I don't feel like they need to explain it. But one person says, we are from Mexico and my two children attend this school. We found this very disrespectful and inappropriate. Districts should have more control over the information the teachers hand out to students. But that, again, that's still my question because I don't know if this isn't part of the school's curriculum. Because I have friends who are teachers and they literally go in and they get whatever. Again, some of them do kind of create their own curriculum. And, and some of them, I even have one friend that got in trouble for that, for not actually handing out the handouts that the school had already 
said and she kind of created her own. So I, I just don't know. I think we, it's time we stop giving passes. I think that, and, and this could be just because I am black and don't nobody ever give us passes, but I do think we should stop giving passes because what could this t teacher say outside of, I just handed out the material. But considering this is Spanish six, this isn't your first time seeing this material, if that's the case. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. We're going to close out the show on that because I just think that it, enough is enough. We no passes for stupidity, stupidity or racism. That's just me. Let me know what you think. Once again, I'm your girl, Jackie Ray. You can follow me on all things social media at Jackie Ray TV. Don't forget to check out Nightcast Media every single day because there's articles, there's um, video, podcasts, all of that's happening on nightcastmedia.com. Don't forget to check out the Opposite Reaction every Tuesday. Um, and you can follow that Opposite Reaction on Instagram. Let's see what else I got. You can follow the word on Long Beach every Tuesday as well. That comes out about noon on Tuesdays. You can check that out at lbpost.com. If you just follow me on Instagram at Jackie Ray TV and look at the link in my bio, you're going to get all of that. But once again, you guys, thanks for joining me on my first episode back after the new year. 2022 is going to be amazing. My YouTube is more consistent now. So make sure you subscribe to that. I'm Jackie Ray. Once again, I'll see you next week. <laughs>